Hello, everyone. I'm Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. And today we have a great guest, Meredith Oki, talking on the show about blue light and is blue light the new sugar? We'll talk about how to change the, your lighting environment to correct your circadian rhythms, to experience all the benefits of that. I, I really think people don't realize how much light showing in their eyes at the wrong time of day really throws off their health, really. And some people are particularly sensitive to this, especially if someone is chronically ill or chronically fatigued, or they're having sleep issues, or they're you know just generally tired, not feeling their best. One of those things where you need to get this right because I really advocate people going back to basics where many times people think there's some complex solution to their health issues when they haven't covered the basics. So light is one of those basics, uh, reducing blue light, getting early light exposure in the morning, you know, getting the right light bulbs, you know, making sure you're sleeping in a dark environment, very, very basic things. But we go into those things in detail, a lot of really, really interesting facts on the show today. So you have to tune in a lot of the stuff you have not heard before. I know you guys are very advanced, you know, have an advanced audience uh, when it comes to health, but a lot of these things you haven't heard before. So tune in. And I know you guys listening are really concerned about heavy metal detoxification and reducing your body burden of toxins. So I created a quiz that you can take at heavymetalsquiz.com and it only takes a couple of minutes. After you take it, you get your results and then you get a free video series that talks about a lot of your frequently asked questions about heavy metal detoxification, detox in general, how long it takes, what testing you should do, what supplements you need to use, and uh, just uh, everything about detoxification in this free video series. So take the quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Meredith Oki, she's an ICF certified executive coach. And Meredith has lived and worked on three continents, helping clients from all over the world. She began her career working in media, covering entertainment and interviewing movie stars before she shifted into communications and coaching. Now through Quantum Health TV, she's using her media and communication skills to provide accessible information that explains how light affects health. And she's married with three children and is a proud global nomad. So you can learn more about Meredith and her work and all about how light affects your health at quantumhealth.tv. Meredith, thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Wendy. So yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your, your mission to help others? So my name's Meredith Oak, and um, by profession, I'm an executive coach. So for the last sort of 10 to 12 years, I've worked part-time while raising my kids, uh, helping people, you know, with their careers and job searches and things like that. And then over the last few years, I had uh, some personal health issues and they were bad enough that it was affecting my quality of life, but not bad enough that any doctor had anything helpful to say. They would run all my labs and they'd be like, no, you're fine. <laughs> and I would say, but I don't feel well. <laughs> I don't have enough energy to get through my day on, on every day. So that led me down many different trajectories in terms of trying to get healthy. And I came, I went, ended up going down this rabbit hole of how light affects our health. And it was information that was so stunning, was so stunningly obvious, but it also, I just couldn't believe that I didn't know about it. 
I thought, if this is true, why doesn't everybody know this, <laughs> right? Like if it's true that looking at my phone before I go to bed is undoing all of the work that I've done during the day to get healthy in terms of eating and taking supplements and doing all these things. And then I just trash it all in 30 minutes by reading my iPad and at night, like, why didn't I know that? And so then I kept waiting for this information to become more widespread. I thought, well, now, now that it's out there a little bit, it'll, you know, people will pick it up. I'll start seeing articles about it. I'll start hearing more about it. And I just really didn't. And when COVID hit, my husband and I decided to take a kind of a year off. And during that time, we just started interviewing all of the doctors and all of the researchers and all the health practitioners who'd been helping us. And we decided to create a website to share that information with whoever wants it. Nice. Nice. And so you talk a lot about blue lights and you mentioned that yeah. blue light uh, has the same impact as eating sugar. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So I feel like for any relatively health conscious person, it's common knowledge that sugar is not great for us, right? Like it raises our blood sugar, it causes problems. And while it tastes delicious and it's really fun to eat, anyone who's serious about their health, it consciously moderates their sugar intake, right? Like we, we decide when we're going to have sugar, we have water instead of iced tea. So then when we have a dessert, we haven't, you know, we haven't had too much sugar when it comes to blue light, we need to start thinking about it in the same way, right? Like, it's not like you have to get rid of it completely, but we, we think of our devices and the light that emanates from them as like oxygen or water. It's like as much as you want, anytime you want, all the time, anytime. And we are missing the fact that it has a direct physical impact on our cells and our bodies. And in fact, I won't go into the science of it as it's kind of complicated, but blue light raises your blood sugar. And that's just one of the many effects, many, many of the detrimental effects that the blue light coming out of a device like a phone or, an, or a laptop or an iPad can have at the wrong time of day. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, because it well naturally, yeah. you know, you're looking at like the noon sun, it's going to your eyes, it raises your cortisol. Hey, time to wake up, time to get busy and do stuff. And that raises your blood sugar. So naturally, it just makes complete sense. Absolutely. You totally understand it, Wendy. You've got it. Like that is it. That is it exactly. And the, the manufacturers of the devices understand that at a certain level, which is why the, the light frequencies are set the way they are, because they want people to feel invigorated and active when they're using their devices, when they're using their laptops. So I don't know whether it was just out of, you know, not understanding circadian rhythm or what it was, but those same light frequencies, which are fine uh, in the middle of the day, like right now I have my I have uh, my computer set to the normal frequencies, the, the factory settings, because it's the middle of the day where I am and it's no big deal. But you're, we are so finely tuned, like our cells, we evolved under sunlight, right? Like for all of human history up until the last hundred years, you were either outside in natural light or in a dark room, maybe candles, maybe a fire. Right. So that's all that our cells know. And so they were programmed to do all of this, the symphony of hormones and neurotransmitters and everything that happens in our body was programmed by light. So when you mess with that, you mess with everything. Yeah. Are, are there any, you know, apps that we can use to correct 
you know, so when the sun goes down to lower that blue light effect on our computers or on our phones. Yeah, there's a great one for laptops. Phones are phones are a little trickier. There's one for laptops called Iris. And you can like take, you can turn your screen like basically black and orange <laughs> can take all of the, all of the blue light out of it. And they, it comes with some presets um, that they recommend, but you can also just manually do it so that you can, as if you need to go on it at night and as it gets later in the day, you can start to adjust the light on your screen. It doesn't work on phones. So you have to use the blue light settings that come with the phone, but they're getting better and better. So you can get them darker. I just personally try to not use my phone after a certain time because there's, unless you order a, like a plastic orange film and put it over the screen on your phone, or the other thing is to wear blue blocking glasses. Yes. Yes. Oh, and what a lot blue, of good brands. Yeah. What brands do you like? So there's a great company called Raw Optics founded by a guy called Matt Maruka. There's another fantastic company called Viva Rays which was founded by a young man called Rudy Nassif and his wife, Joy. And the third one that I really like is Lucia Eyes, which was founded by a dad and his daughters because they thought all the blue blocking glasses on the market were really ugly. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, all, they got together with their dad and made some pretty ones. Nice, nice. Yeah, and so do you like the uh, Iris better than Flux? Flux is another app you can download for your computer to turn off the blue light. I have heard FLEX is good as well. I've had Iris recommended more often to me by the people, the photobiologists and things that I've interviewed. So I tend to stick with that one, but I think FLEX is fine. Okay, if, it, if you can see the screen darkening and you can see it becoming orangey and kind of yucky, it's not as, you know, it's not as nice to look at the colors get distorted a little bit, then it's probably working. Okay, great. Perfect. So if you don't like looking at your screen, it's working. And so, yeah. <laughs> so you have a, like a red light shining on you right now. What's that, what does that for? So that's a light by EMR tech. It's called a photobiomodulation device. We turn them on in the evening and just even during the daytime, like I have all the, I usually try and do things like this outside, but it's not feasible today. So I have a big bright led light on overhead. So I turned the, um, red infrared light on to to balance that out because that's another reason the way that our light bulbs and our screens and stuff destroy our health is because there's blue people will say but there's blue light in the sun and there absolutely is but it's always balanced out by other frequencies right it's kind of like uh, one of our coaches nathan talks about like eating an apple is different than if you sucked all the sugar out of the apple and just ate the sugar so like a white led light bulb or a, or a screw device a screen device is like just one frequency of light when really we're supposed to be absorbing multiple frequencies at a time that's why we like them so much yes that, yeah. that's the blue light it's that's very stimulating it's we're always like eh, we're always staring at our phones um and so uh, so i'm glad you segued into light bulbs because you know i live in mexico and i I abhor those, you know, LED spiral lights. They're like, they're like the, the candy light bulbs. They give you, there's that pure blue light. And so when you go to the bathroom at night, you want to turn on the light. It's like, oh, hello, it's noontime, time to wake up, you know? And so people, you know, wonder why they have trouble going back to sleep, you know, when they, after they wake up, especially if they look at their phone and then go into the bathroom or whatnot. So for me, I just want those regular tungsten light bulbs, but they don't have them 
here. I mean, they do have in the U.S. They have like the old school bulbs. Can you what What do you recommend for bulbs? Yeah, so for light bulbs, I would recommend like for the bathroom at night. Just you can it can even be LED, but just get a red colored one because it's really the the frequency that that you want, you know, you want to stay away from any frequencies that are not present in nature during the day or not present in a fire at night. So in our bathroom, we have a light switch that turns on a normal light for the daytime. And then we have a light switch that turns connected to a separate light bulb that's red. So when we go in there at night, we just turn on, we just turn on that light switch. um, So the, the bathrooms. So we're never exposed to bright light. And are there any yeah. like type of regular light bulbs that you recommend, like a brand or a type of light bulb that you recommend people put in their homes versus the, the LED spiral lights that are so prevalent right now? Because they're kind of marketed as, oh, it has 3000 hours of light time, uh, but there's a cost to that. So what light bulb do you prefer? So we use a lot of different kinds. Um, there's a brand called Edison bulbs, which are more the old fashioned kind of light bulbs and they give off a softer orange, orange light. Do they have like and the little, like they're like a glowing kind of wire inside them? Yes. Okay, yeah, they do. Yeah. And so they're, and they're like kind of a orange color. So in order like to live a circadian optimized life, we're going to have to like accept that our light, our, our home is not, you never want your home to be super bright after sunset. You want to keep like a, like a campfire vibe. So it, it, it is, there is some getting used to, cause there is no light bulb that's good for you at night. That's as light as a traditional led bulb. So it's always just going to be a little bit dimmer. Um, everywhere. So the Edison bulbs are good. So we kind of use a combination of red LEDs, Edison bulbs, and then the the photobiomodulation devices, which we keep on the floor. Because another thing to think about is that from an evolutionary standpoint, you didn't have overhead light in the evening either. Like the fires were always on the ground or low down. So yeah, I never really thought about that. Never thought about that. I mean, your sconches, your sconches (laughs) on the floor. Yeah. You're going down that rabbit hole. Yes. I'm like, damn it. This one rabbit hole. I haven't gone down yet. Um, yeah. And so, so tell us about, so how light affects our body. Cause a lot of people put you know, they'll wear an eye mask or, you know, whatnot, you know, there, maybe there's some light coming into their window. How is that light uh, affecting their bodies? There's a, I know there's a multitude of ways. There's been research over the last few years. So this research is all really new, which is why it's not that well known. So it sort of takes a while to seep into the different institutions that control the curriculum and, and our media and everything. But there's been some research recently that shows that our skin actually has light receptors in it. So wearing a sleep mask is great and helpful. However, to get optimal sleep where your body goes into a state called autophagy, where your brain starts to clean itself and your cells start to repair themselves and your melatonin is released and this like unbelievable, amazing mechanism, all these mechanisms come into play. Like to have that be optimized, you really don't want any light at all in the room where you're sleeping, even if you're wearing an eye mask, because your skin knows it's there, which sounds crazy, but but they found photoreceptors in the skin. So the rule of thumb that is used is if you hold your hand up about 12 inches in front of your face in your bedroom at night, if you can see it, 
it's too late. So you really want to get rid of anything like any, especially if it's street lights or artificial light, even like the little crack around, around the edge of your curtains or coming in under your door. Like, like when I go to hotels, I bring tape because I've become so sensitive that if the curtain doesn't cover that edge and you're over a parking lot or something, like I can't sleep. Tape it up. Yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. Cause sometimes it's just a, a fabric curtain. That's just yeah. not, not going over the edge. Yeah. Tape it. That's perfect. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and how is that light affecting our pineal gland? that produces our melatonin. So how does that melatonin production work with light? And what does melatonin do for anyone that doesn't know? Yeah, so melatonin is the, is the sleep hormone. And it's actually created in the morning. So that's the other piece is on the one hand, you want to mitigate artificial light, but on the other hand, you want to increase and really organize your exposure to natural sunlight. So the light spectrum at sunrise is different than at any other time of day. And when you go outside first thing in the morning, so you know, within let's say half an hour of the sun coming up, the light spectrum that's present then starts to program your body to create melatonin. And then the, the light frequencies at sunset and the ensuing complete darkness tell your body to release and use that melatonin. So just as important as mitigating artificial light after sunrise is to expose ourselves to natural light as soon as we wake up. So we've gotten in the habit now of waking up pretty close to sunrise and it's kind of annoying, right? Cause you schedule life around it and then the seasons change and the time of the sunrise changes. <laughs> you have to like redo everything. But going outside first thing in the morning for even five to 10 minutes, if you can't do that, even opening a window and having that natural light be the first thing that hits your eyes, you're actually programming your body to have a better night's sleep like 12 hours later. Yeah. There's so many people that are just not getting sunlight because they've been told by their doctor, oh, avoid the sun like a vampire. And that's just, that's just crazy. Um, to think that someone knows more than mother nature, how our bodies have evolved for millions of years to be in the sun. But I understand some people are sensitive to the sun, but you can still go out for a few minutes, you know, in the morning. So let's talk about performance in light and light exposure. So how can light improve your performance in general? Like, you know, um, you know, at work, uh, athletically, et cetera. Yeah. So optimizing your light environment. So doing the things we've talked about, and I don't, I don't know your reasons for moving to Mexico, but you're in an ideal situation, right? Oh, like, girl, you, you know what? I'm here. I'm here to get lights. Yes. 20 around the clock. So yes. great. Yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, that's perfect. Cause you're in a light stable latitude. So you don't have, you know, you have absolute beautiful sun exposure every single day all year. Yeah. Yeah. And I go for a um, walk every morning or almost every Perfect. morning where I sit yeah. outside and I get sun yeah. and I I've been so much happier than I've been here because I've really, you know, I've always really done that, but really much more so am drawn towards getting sunlight every single morning. That's so interesting. I'm moth to the, moth to the flame. <laughs> Good for you. Well, yeah. And it's like, cause we all kind of know this, like we go on vacation and we feel so happy and we think, well, it's cause I'm on vacation and that's probably part of it, but it's also getting that sunlight 
completely changes our mood, changes our outlook. It makes our brains work better. It makes our bodies work better. So yeah, in terms of performance, I mean, the thing that I love so much about light is that you get like an asymmetric result, right? Like nothing that I've said is really that hard or complicated or expensive, right? In fact, I found it much easier to change my, all my light stuff than all my food stuff back when I was, you know, dealing with that, like, but the results are absolutely astonishing because we just don't realize how tightly connected everything is. So improving your sleep, improving your autophagy, what I was saying, like your brain gets cleaner, you start to think better. Like I had brain fog for years. Like I, and everyone would tell me, well, let's, you know, I guess like the slow decline has started. And I was like 39, like, no, this is not (laughs) happening. I refuse to accept that I'm just going to not be able to remember anything for the next 45 years. Like no. So the, the sharpness that like mental sharpness that like when we were, you know, maybe when you were in college and you could like write a paper or do a whole bunch of work at the last minute and you could just like decide to think like that and you'd be able to, that starts to come back. And we've ton, we have a lot of like fitness professionals in our community who use, who use red light to help athletes recover, who do all of their training outside, unless it's like totally a blizzard or something. And they find that all of their, the results with their clients improve a lot of professional athletes, they don't talk about it too much because they don't want to give away their secrets, but especially like NFL players have started to use red lights to, as recovery tools, they like have like, you can get even like a whole like bed, like a tanning booth, but red light and get down and lie in it. And it just helps your cells and your muscles, everything repair faster. Yeah. So, yeah. I use red yeah. light because I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a walking athlete. <laughs> <laughs> walking but no, I'm doing Pilates. I I'm doing, love it. no I'm doing Pilates too but I'm doing the red light really helps like I have lower back stuff going on and it really yeah. helps reduce inflammation so that I can just keep going and punishing my body with the, the walking yeah. <laughs> so but absolutely and, and, and inflammation I'm glad you mentioned that it's sort of like it's the root of all all the badness right like everything and a healthy light environment reduces inflammation. So people are like, oh, well, it will help changing my light environment help with this disease or that thing or that. And I'm like, yes to all of it. I'm not a doctor, I'm not (laughs) prescribing anything, but it's like saying, well, breathing cleaner air help me feel better. Yes. You know, it's that, it's that fundamental and you're all dialed in. You got a red light. You're in Mexico. I am dialed I love in. It. Yeah. You it are took quantum a... optimized, Wendy. Yeah. It only took 10 years to <laughs> dial in. Yeah. But you know, Rome was not built in a day, so I'm okay oh, with that. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about, you know, so how do you get your, your kids and your family and, and everyone on board with this new lifestyle, like wearing blue blocking glasses. Let's talk about those for a minute. Yeah. So it's a little bit tricky. And I really like, I like to address that because a lot of times, you know, if if you're, you know, the parent in a family and you want to get everyone eating healthier, even if they're not excited about it, they kind of know where you're coming from. Like everyone kind of knows like, yeah, maybe we should eat you know, more of this and less of that or whatever. But when when you show up and you're like, I would like everyone to put on these glasses if you want to play a video game or watch TV after sunset. They're all like, what are you talking about, you psycho? (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) the response of my 11-year-old who's going on 16. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yes. My daughter is now 15. She was, yeah, around 11 or 12 when I started with this. And she was just like, I am never going to be able to have friends over ever again. Because <laughs> <laughs> of your stupid lights and we're all wearing these stupid glasses. Um, so yeah, it's, I think, you know, whenever you're implementing change on someone else's behalf, it's, it's a, you know, it's a sensitive, and as you said, Rome wasn't built in a day. So the first thing I try to do when I'm trying to get my kids to make a change that they are not that into is to make sure that our, our relationship in general is in a pretty good place. If I'm, you know, if we're having a really hard moment with, you know, homework or some area of life and there's little, and there's tension, like that's just not going to be the time where I try to get them to do something else that they don't want to do. So really like picking moment, picking the moment and picking the battle. And I and I just also feel that kids just need to be acknowledged, right? Like, you know, I, I completely validate their response. I'm like, I know it's crazy. I know you're, it's totally weird. No one else is doing it. This is psycho. I get it. And then I'll give them, you know, I'll give them some reasons. And depending on the age at the end of the day, it's like, you can choose to not wear them and not watch TV. Like that's an option. <laughs> and it took, it definitely took time for everyone. To, now they mostly, mostly automatically do it. Yeah. I mean, my concern um, with really kids, a delicate thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my concern with kids is that, you know, their brains are developing, they need their sleep, you know, they're growing at a very yeah. fast rate. And they love their devices. They grew up with them and it's probably changed their brains to a certain degree. And, um, you know, they're, they're on them. I mean, it, it left to their own devices. They're on, they'll be on them 24 seven on them until they go to sleep at night uh, for many cases in many homes. And so it's, it's can, you know, certainly impair their development to a certain degree and the quality of their sleep and, and how deeply they sleep. So it's a real concern. Yeah, Wendy, I completely, I completely agree with you. And we're, we, you know, as parents, we kind of had our kids at the, this moment where all of this technology became totally ubiquitous, but none of the research was out to show the result of it. So there is some there is starting to be some now. And so now you, you hear more and more about screen time and restricted screen time and that kind of thing. But, you know, for people who, who had children in the last 10 years, it's just been a bit of a free-for-all. Um, but now the research is really clear and everything that you have, that you just said is absolutely true. Even, even our last pediatrician was like, does your son have a cell phone hold off as long as possible? It is absolutely damaging their brains. And so, the hard part is, is then it's like another thing that's incumbent upon the parents to deal with, right? Like we have like all devices have to be downstairs by a certain time. Like it's just a no go in our house to stay on past then. And I, ideally I'd love to have them off the device in the evening, but I, I'm settling for orange glasses at this point. But yeah, absolutely. You want all the tech out of the bedroom because they, their sleep is even more important than our sleep. You're right. And the brains are repairing and building while they're sleeping and any, any technology in the room, even Wi-Fi, you should turn off at night. Like you just you want the room as clean as possible from an energetic standpoint. Yeah. I mean, the Wi-Fi acts like light. I mean, your pineal gland kind of doesn't know the difference between mm. those frequencies where the blue light and the uh, the Wi-Fi both irritate 
that pineal gland and prevent melatonin production. Yes. Yeah. And so let's talk about sunglasses. So sunglasses, people naturally, people are wearing them when they go out into the daylight. What's the problem with that? So again, you are taking a man-made device and interrupting the natural pattern of the light frequency. Also, just from a practical standpoint, we spend so little time outside in our day-to-day lives that anytime we're outside, we want our eyeballs free to be absorbing, right? Because I I talked about the photoreceptors in the skin, but it's also like there's a clock, the suprachiasmatic nucleus, like in behind your eye that's reading all these light frequencies. So if you put on sunglasses, you're interrupting your circadian biology by not allowing your eyeball to be absorbing the actual frequencies that are coming out of the sun. So obviously like if you're skiing or out on a boat, like, yeah, like protect your eyes for sure. But just walking around outside during the day, you wanna be optimizing every single second that you have like the privilege of being outside because we're indoors so, so much. You don't want to mediate it with anything unless it's an extreme situation. So same goes for suntan lotion, right? Like, you know, I grew up at a time where we were told like, don't leave the house without SPF 20 on your face or you're good. <laughs> oh my God. I used to leave the house like a clown. Like I would have this white, like this yes. white sheet and then I'd put like powder over it to give myself some color. And then I would wear... I would walk around USC campus with an umbrella, like a big dork, and I'd have gloves on also, thinking I was somehow preventing aging. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. (laughs) You're so funny. I was the same way. I remember going on a trip with my girlfriends to Mexico, actually, you know, in my late teens, early 20s. And like, I was almost the same color on the last day as the first day because I was so like, oh, I'm wearing sunblock and I'm this, this causes skin cancer, not that. Yeah. yeah, it's like, and now they're finding that not getting sun promotes skin cancer. So, because you're yeah. not making vitamin D, which prevents cancer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So not being a... in the sun raises all-cause mortality. There is a the Swedish study did that, yes. where it was basically yeah. not going in the sun had the same damaged your your life expectancy to the same level that smoking did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's amazing. I just remember my father who died of cancer, just white as a sheet. You know, because his doctor said, "Oh, you know, going in the sun causes skin cancer. You don't want to ever go in the sun." I mean, he was just he was white. I mean, for. God, so for as long as I can remember, he just never went in the sun. It was just, it's just terrible. Yeah, it's really sad because it's we're not only adding in all the stuff that's destroying ourselves, we're we're mitigating all the stuff that could be healing it by being outside. And so you don't want to like go from say Minneapolis in February to lying out in Cancun at high noon <laughs> with no sunscreen on. Like there are, you know, you, there are there's sensible sun exposure and ways to adapt to being in the sun, but certainly being outside in the morning and in the late afternoon, um, you don't need sunglasses and you do not need sunscreen. Yeah. I go walking every morning. I do not wear any sunscreen. I, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of sort of kind of Brown, but I fry in the sun. You know, I don't really get, I mean, I might get a little bit pink, but yeah, I do not wear any sunscreen. I don't put sunscreen on my face. I'll wear a hat. 
you know, yeah. but uh, that's about it. You know, you've probably noticed this living in Mexico, like your body tells you when it's had enough, right? Like if you start to feel that kind of prickly, burny, I take my kids on a vacation and we, as an experiment, I didn't put sunscreen on them, but I, I was like, if you feel like you're starting to get burned, go in the shade, like that kind of prickly. And they did. And we, we didn't use sunscreen and they didn't get burned. Cause I do, I do want to say like, it is not a good idea to get sunburned or to overexpose. Yeah. Um, but that being said, there's a vast distance before you hit the overexposure mark where it's very, very, very healthy to be healthy. Yeah. I did that policy too, where I'll, I'll go in the sun without any sunscreen and then I'll reach a certain point and I'll slather on the sunscreen once I've had, you know, a good amount of uh, sun exposure, you know, so I, uh, I don't want to burn either. Um, is there anything else that uh, we haven't uh, touched on that you wanted to communicate to the audience about light or circadian rhythms or what blue light? You know, I would just say that however you, this information is landing for you, it's probably more important than it feels like right now, right? Like I'm just some lady on a podcast saying some stuff. The first few times I heard this, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, I guess. But it wasn't until I really hit the wall where I had exhausted all the other health modalities available. And I was, you know, and I could just feel, I could just feel that there was something I was missing. So I'd really encourage people to like, take it, a, just take it a little more seriously than you want to. <laughs> yeah, I know it's inconvenient. It's inconvenient to do all yeah. this stuff, buy different yeah. light bulbs, do all this research, yeah. but you, you're, you know, there's a learning curve. You just do it once. And, you know, I think what you just mentioned speaks to how many health issues have simple solutions where they're not this uh, crazy advanced expensive protocol or you have to get your genetics done or whatever else that people are pursuing, like they're, you know, you know, shiny object syndrome that people have with, with health and trying different protocols and things like that. Sometimes it's just something really, really simple and getting back to basic sunlight, hydration, minerals, uh, et, et cetera. So it's, you know, you have to touch all those bases first and then see what symptoms clear up. It's not always uh, complex. It's a uh, pretty, uh, it can be shocking how many things can clear up just going back to basics uh, by correcting your light. So tell us more where, uh, where we can learn about you and your work. And it sounds like you have your interviewing experts also. Do you have a podcast? And so all I do, all my interviews are on our website, which is Quantum Health TV. It's a subscription site, but we also have a lot of free stuff on our Instagram, which is uh, at Quantum Health TV. And I am sort of, I see myself as like the broadcaster. I'm not the expert. I bring on all of these people doctors and scientists um and we we do deep dives and they cover different aspects of it and we'll soon be coming out with like a practitioner directory i ended up you know and as you did you've gone very deep down this rabbit hole but if i could have found a health coach or a doctor who understood this stuff a few years ago i probably would have just gone to that person and had them help me because i really feel like and you know having a one-on-one with someone who knows your case can be really helpful. So I also don't want to scare people off by making them think they have to study quantum physics or something to get yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, I, I it's a good way to Instagram. <laughs> I know by experience, it's a good way to scare people away. It's <laughs> talking about quantum <laughs> physics. Yeah. Um, even though it's the basis of everything. everything um, yes. yes. That's how 
that's why we're starting to understand all this ancient wisdom is because people, a quantum physicist and a cellular biologist got together and they're like, what if we worked together instead of in separate silos? And they discovered all of this. Yeah. Yeah. That's led to all of this. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, Meredith, thanks so much for coming on the show. That was really, really good. I've, I've never done a show about this before. And it's, it's really important to talk about getting back to yeah. basics, fixing your light, you know, don't let that little light shine in your bedroom through your curtain. It's, you know, it's killing you. Um, so it's really important to, you know, understand these really basic things and they're, they're simple fixes. So thanks for coming on and uh, tell us again where we can find you. So we're on Instagram at quantum health TV, Twitter, same thing at quantum health TV and on the internet at quantum TV. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming on the show. And everyone, thank you so much for tuning in every week to the Myers Detox podcast, where I want to help you detox every area of your life, physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, everything. And uh, we even, even have shows on energy vampires, how to detox those. <laughs> um, oh, because- <laughs> yeah. You know, because That's important. <laughs> yes, because I want, uh, you know, just going through my own journey and everything that I've learned is just uh, completely transformed my life and everything I learn, I want to communicate to you on this show. And, you know, you deserve to feel good. You deserve to feel joy. You deserve uh, to be healthy and to feel good in your body. And I, I really want that for you. So thanks for tuning in every week. Uh, I'm Wendy Myers, and I'll talk to you guys next week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.